Good Monday morning. I've been looking forward to doing this one. There's going to be science in this, but if you didn't like science even in grade school, you can still follow along. This is going to work. Uh, you're, it's important. I get atheist, and again, I'm friends with many and friends with people that you would call agnostic or deist as well, that will say, how can you believe this stuff? You know, a virgin birth for all you know, crying out loud or um, the, the miracles, or Jesus raising somebody from the dead that's been you know, dead for four days. How can you believe that stuff? My answer to this is because that's a lot less weird than the universe in which we live. Now, if I'm working with, in particular, a physicist of some sort, that starts to ring a distant bell with them, and we can have some more conversation. There was a movie that kind of glanced around this a little bit and was wildly popular back in 2014 called Interstellar. And there's a spoiler alert here, so if you still haven't seen the movie, after all this time, you've had eight years, all right? So, uh, but uh, you'll still enjoy the movie. It made about 700 million, I believe, <coughs> and might have made a lot more since then in rentals and streaming and such. But they try to show you a little bit of the physics and the reality of space travel. And that is, um, it's weirder than you could ever think. In one of the scenes, a scientist folds a piece of paper to show how something can get from one place to another without traveling through the space between. Now, it's just a theory on how that would work, but it is one of the working theories. In another scene, the daughter believes that a, a ghost or a poltergeist is shoving books off of a library shelf that is in her room. Well, spoiler alert, later we find out that it is her very father that she's talking to in the future, pushing books off the shelf as a warning to himself and to the daughter. There are, uh, there are scenes where he flies off and when he then meets his daughter again, he is still the same age he was when he took off, but she is a very old woman dying in a hospital bed. All this is very, very strange, right? But it's also dead solid factual physics. I'll explain. Most of you know of three dimensions, height, depth, and width. If we prodded you a bit more, even you non-science people would probably come up with a fourth one, time, and if we, we ask you about the fifth dimension, you would say they were an ensemble rock group in the 1970s, and you would be correct. But there's more to it than that. In fact, we know of 10 dimensions of space-time, or more. M-theory says that there are 11 dimensions, and if you go on to bosonic string theory, they're gonna suggest 26 dimensions, but wait, it gets stranger. Some of these dimensions, uh, only existed for a nanosecond at one time. Others of them can come in and out of existence as time and space fluctuate. Again, just stay with me for a little bit more. All right. There are four known forces in physics. There will not be a test on this, and you can go back and listen again. All right. Four known forces in physics. These are the forces that we're aware of that cannot be broken down into component parts. These are pure forces on their own. They are gravitation, they are magneto, uh, electromagnetic forces, strong and weak interactions, and gravity. 
Now, gravity is the problem. It's a big puzzle and it gets in our way of solving all of our problems in physics. Whether you're working off the standard model of physics, which is the one that rules the universe we see, feel, and uh, can understand, or the quantum level of physics, which is where things get really big or really small and standard physics breaks down and the world gets weird. Gravity is a problem with both of them. Gravity is what bends space-time and time is movement through space, but again, maybe I shouldn't run down that rabbit hole. Yes, a man sent to a distant star in a ship going nearly the speed of light will not age while his family age, die, and will be forgotten in a time that seems to him just to be a few days. If you had a watch that was stunningly accurate, you could actually test some of this. A watch held up several thousand feet high will actually move slower than one which is down at sea level. Now it's going to take you some pretty good instruments to measure that, but it's a known factor. And then if you speed that watch toward the speed of light, you can't hit the speed of light yet. That seems to be a universal speed limit. Um, if, I, if I'm allowed to incredibly oversimplify, if you ever reach the speed of light, you would become light. You would break down your components, become life at uh, light and cease to be. So best avoided on your trip to Kroger, don't you think? So if you were to speed up that watch at that great speed, you'd find that it also slows how time is adjusted in the, in the watch. And it's, this is, these are realities that we have. The universe has a problem in that we have a lot of gravity. Gravity needs mass and there's not enough mass in the universe to account for the gravity we find. We've tried to solve our theories with string theory, which right now is going through a, a pretty severe dip in its popularity. Might come back. The same uh, with other theories that we've tried to use over time. There's um, black holes. We're using some black holes now to try to figure out some of the stuff. And if you have not, you need to follow not only the Hubble telescope, but the Webb telescope, W-E-B-B. -B. Uh, just launched not that long ago, and the photographs coming back are incredible. This universe is massive and weird. Oh, so it's beautiful and so weird. The universe is a mystery. I love it that way. If you want to know how weird the universe can be and how we can even measure some of the weirdness, get some aspirin because you're going to need them. And then look up on YouTube, just the double slit S L I T experiment. And you'll find several cartoon versions and animated, and then some lectures and the like go for the simplest, funnest one you can find. And if you want to work your way up, do that. But if you do that, you will find that in short, Electrons can be particles or waves, except when they're both at the same time in different places. And that if you do it without, you do the experiment without looking at it, you get a different result than if you do it while you're looking at it. Merely observing it changes it. I'm not making this up. Check it out. The universe is weird. Experiments done at a great distance don't change the fact 
that if you observe it, even at a great distance, matter and energy adjust. It is astonishing and a lot of fun for us to play around with. But rather than running down that deep and fascinating rabbit hole, let's come back to the matter of time. I, I find it fascinating that the Bible says there will come a time where time shall be no more. Now that shout we're, we're told comes from heaven and I am certain that the, the biblical writer that put that down on paper uh, believed that that meant you're out of time. You know, God's now shut down your opportunities. And that, that's very accurate. That certainly would be very accurate. But I'm sitting back here going, something else is going on too. Time is no more because time is movement through space. And if movement and time end, that means physics is over. That means, for example, the Bible says Jesus is coming in a cloud and every eye shall see him. A lot of ways to interpret that, to, to explain how Jesus coming over a globe will be seen by every eye, even though the people over here won't be seeing him. Isn't that very um, typical of a human being that I'm putting him, he's coming to the Northern Hemisphere because that's where I live. All right, we'll move around this way. If he comes down there in the clouds, every eye shall see him. How do we do that? Well, it could be he travels about. It could be that he establishes uh, heaven on earth, a redeemed, a renewed earth. But my first thought is, well, it's because when there is no time, there's no such thing as a globe. There's no such thing as a ball. There's no such thing as distance. All the physics are over. You think things are weird now. No wonder the Bible doesn't tell us very much about heaven because without physics, we have no way of describing what this is going to be like. It is um, everything, every shape, every time, every dimension that you can think of would be a nonsensical historical construct, boom, gone. Cool. And that brings me to one of my favorite New Testament scholars, John Mark Hicks. Uh, if you've never read one of his books, you need to, you, especially anything on baptism and on communion, uh, the Lord's Supper, just perfect, wonderful stuff. And Bobby Valentine co-wrote a book, uh, at least one with him, and anything his name's on, I like to jump on and read as well. Always learn something from Bobby or from John Mark. But the first time I actually heard John Mark Hicks speak in person, he was explaining to a group of ministers, pastors, and leaders about space and time. He's not a scientist. He's a theologian and great at it in Hebrews 12. And I lit up. Uh, I don't know how I got in a room with all these preacher types, but um, this science guy immediately began to smile. Somebody saw it. They saw it when they read Hebrews 12. We see it if you're trained, but theologians generally don't. John Mark Hicks did. Hebrews 12, we are told that when we come to the table to take communion, we are taking it with everybody who is and has been and will be faithful because time has collapsed in that region that we are entering. If you have loved ones who've died, they take communion with you when you take it. If 
you know, my family's been military and we've lost a lot of people to military um, death, disease, aftermath. Um, we lost several to cancer because they were too close to the atomic bomb, either the testing or the setting off, or they approached the land too soon after. Uh, so we know a little bit about losing people and we've lost some, of course, as your family has to accident, disease, um, to miscarriage and the like. But when you approach the table of God and you take that bread and you take that cup, they are there. Not just with you in spirit, it's a real presence. Christ is there. The people who will be born and are faithful will be there and are there. Because our religion is not based upon human physics. Instead, now is then, and then is now. So I told a friend of ours, and a friend of our safe harbor, who um, is under treatment for cancer, as soon as we heard, I wrote her and I said, we are with you in prayer, but you need to know that we are also with you in the room. We are holding your hand during the procedures. We are surrounding you as you are struggling with nausea or pain. If you want us physically present, we will come to you. And by the way, that's the way RC works. We will get people to you, to baptize you, to hold your hand, to help you in any way we can. And yeah, that takes an awful lot of work, but that's, what, why, are, why are we on the planet if not for this? We're certainly not to hold church services and check sacred boxes and feel good about the rest of the week. We're here to get to people and help them. But I went into a little bit of physics and I said, we're already in a room. And she wrote back, she knows that and she feels it and she understands that we don't have to get in a car or a plane. We're already there. Isn't that cool? I know it sounds weird to some people, but it's not weird. It's the same truth that Interstellar was trying to dramatize with the books being shoved off. Time is a myth. It only exists for us because we're trapped in physics and we're moving through space on a ball that has enough mass to form enough gravity to make us think that we're passing time. There is no separation between us and those who've gone before. Descartes was wrong. There, there, no, there is no physical slash spiritual divide. There's only the ability to see or failing that belief. We have a witness to that which we cannot see, and he has spoken to us. His name is Jesus. Have a blessed week.